0: You guys don't go very far. I mean, you can sit on the steps if you want to. It's just totally up to you. I just, I, I just wanna teach just a little bit. And then I want us to go right back into where we were. I don't want that. They snuck right up on me, did you see that? Thank you though, I, I'm very grateful. Sometimes it distracts me. Sometimes I can d- depend more on that than where I believe the Holy Spirit could, could actually take us if I would leave him alone. Ah, Jesus. His presence. There's just something about His presence. Can I tell you kids, you young people over here, this was in my spirit this week to tell you, don't fall in, so- in love with somebody that says they're a Christian. Fall in love with somebody who loves the presence of God. If they love the presence of God, you might have something to work with. But don't fall in love just because somebody says they're a Christian. Watch their life. Watch their fruit. See if what they do is consistent with what they say. Don't don't give your hearts away. That was that was free. That was free. And grown-ups become people who love the presence of God. Become people who love the presence of God. That race into His presence. That run toward Him. Don't make Him have to whisper whisper and whisper and whisper and whisper and whisper and draw and draw and draw and draw and pull and pull and pull. Until you finally sit down to listen to Him. Run toward Him. Run toward him. He will meet you. He will overwhelm you with the beauty of who he is. Are you ready to run with me toward him this morning? Are you ready? You don't sound ready. <laughs> if you'd stand with me, we're going to read this passage of scripture. And then we are just going to press into his presence. We're going to press into the work that he is about to complete, that he is about to do. And I want you to get ready. Because God has some stuff for you today. There's some deliverance in the house today. There's some healing in the house today. There's salvation in the house today. And there is an end to your battle in this room today. And some of you need to, to reach the end of your battle. So let's read this word. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Mm. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Mm. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Hmm. and gave up his spirit. Ah, Father, Jesus, the cost of what just happened, the price that was paid in these moments, Father, all that was bought, all that was purchased, all that was gained in this moment, Father, may we not lose sight of that. Father, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would just permeate this room. Father, I'm asking you that hard hearts would be suddenly softened, Father, by the fragrance of Christ. And Father, I ask as those walls come down today, Father, that we could be in this place with you, Father. That we could be touched by what touched you. That we could be changed, Father, by what you've done. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the hope that is in this place. Let everything that is of me fall. Everything that is of you stand and produce fruit. And they all said, amen, amen, amen. You can, you can stay with me. Okay, that's awesome. I am, I've told you guys over and over, I'm very visual when it comes to the word of God. I just see it. There's it's something I prayed a long time ago that God would just, be able to make the the people on the pages real to me and that it would come alive to me because I know me well enough to know that if there is not life in it, I will normally move back away from it or I will remain at best at a distant place. And so he does that with me. And I'm looking at this passage of scripture that we just read and I'm thinking it ought to evoke a response in us. It ought to cause us to feel something. Either joy at what was accomplished in that space or sorrow at the price that was paid in that moment. But it should evoke something from us. We should not be able to read that passage of Scripture and feel nothing. We should not be able to remain detached any more than we could enter into a room of a loved one who was suffering and not be impacted by it. How can you stand beside the bed of someone that you love or that you say you love and not be moved by their suffering? And see, when I read this passage of scripture, I find myself there. And I find myself in this space with the one that I say that I love. And how can I not be moved by that? How can you not be moved by that? It's either got to be joy or sorrow. It's got to be something because ambivalence is not an option in this moment. Last week when Pastor Ronnie finished, we finished reading the passage of Scripture. And the very last sentence says, and they handed Jesus over to be crucified. I felt like you just stood me on a ledge. I couldn't get through the passages of Scripture the last two weeks. I just cried my way through them because you know what? This is someone that I love. This is my God. This is my Jesus. And to hear them talk about what's going on in his life, I I am there with him. I'm there with him. I'm in that space. I hear the sounds. I, I, I just, I am moved by what I see and what I feel. And see, I think that is the opportunity that God is giving us today. The opportunity that you have before you today. Okay, you got to stop or else I'm going to just go to my knees and I'm going to start crying and I'm going to (laughs) pray. And these people really expect more from me than that. Oh, not so much. (laughs) Um, uh, Jesus, Jesus. He takes us in. He gives us the opportunity to go there with him if we will go with him. You want to go on a journey with me today? (laughs) People are looking at me like, I don't really know. (laughs) You go first. (laughs) But I want to take you on this journey that the Lord took me on. And I want to take you on it just so that you can go there with me a little bit. That you can be there with us. And and I want to take this journey with you because I see it so visual. It's just such a picture for me. And I have this tendency to just be apprehended by these visual things. And I have these internal movies that play all the time. Does anybody else have those? It's like I will look at a scripture. And when I look at that scripture, I will see what's on the page. And then all of a sudden I want to know everything that's around it. And I want to know who's in that room with that person. And I want to see what is said and what is not said. It's like I, 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 I stick to the truth, but I want to know what's going on in that space because I want to be there with them. Anybody else like that? Well, let's go there with him today. You want to? Yeah. <laughs> Me and you. <laughs> it's us. The last two weeks, when he hit chapter 18, when you hit chapter 18 of, of the passages that we're in, I was gone. Literally, I, I, I heard the sermons, but my spirit had gone to this place with him that just, just, it just grabbed me and drew me in. And, and I felt like a bystander. I felt like I was in this space with him. And so when Pastor Ronnie began to share about Jesus in the garden and he started to talk about the soldiers as they moved in and, and Jesus asked them, who do you seek? Who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. Oh, I love that. I am he. And according to scripture, the the, the guards fell back and fell to the ground. I love that. And when that happened, when he was sharing that that day, I just got stuck there. I got caught in that place with him because I could just see that place in the garden. And I could see Jesus say, I am he. I could see the looks on the disciples' faces. You know, like And I could see Peter over there sharpening his sword. Like I'm getting his ear. You know, and you just begin to paint this picture. But the thing that I see most of all in that moment and the thing that began to explode on the inside of my spirit in that moment was when he said, I am he. And the soldiers fell back and they fell to the ground. What we are witnessing in that moment is something completely sacred. What we are witnessing is the restraining of holy. What we are witnessing is the submission of sovereignty. We are witnessing. It it is as if seriously. It is as if the seconds begin to just pause in reverence. As they tick off and this whole scene goes into slow motion for me. And, and, and it's just, it's one of those things as it goes into slow motion and it begins to draw me in and I'm watching my sovereign savior, this holy one of Israel, this mighty king who could but doesn't. And just when he says, I I am he, it's as if this slightest morsel of power escapes because his words hold power, you know. And so when he says, I am he, this slightest morsel of power escapes and they are thrown back. And had he not reined it in, I dare say that they probably would not have arisen. But what we see is we see him harness it. We saw him draw everything in to bring everything into submission. And we see this mighty king, this majestic king reign in all of his power so that he can complete the mission that is before him. Something the Lord said to me in my studies in the last couple of weeks that he just dropped something in my spirit. He said, greatness is often determined in the final moments. Now see, his whole life was great. His whole life was great, but he finished strong. I taught a series a few years ago and I entitled it Come Strong. And it was about, and I do believe it was something the Lord had given me at that point in time. But it was about making the vision plain. It was about coming with everything that you have into the presence and into the calling and the mission of Christ. If you're going to do it, come strong. But what I've come to understand is it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. And so many of us are great at the beginning of the race and fall out or do not complete and finish our race. May we be finishers. May be the, we be the ones that complete what he has called us to do. And so I'm watching Jesus. You know, it's just, it's just crazy to me, this mighty God, the one with all of the power and authority, and he reigns it in and submits to creation, to mankind. Man that would have no breath without him. Would have no substance, no being were it not for him. And he reigns it in. And we see this journey begin. In this garden, grace begins to unfold. And we can watch it unfold if we just pay attention. As this begins to unfold, we see him next before Caiaphas. And Caiaphas plays a very small part, seems to. But the thing that gets me is, at one point, we're so quick to just rush by passages of Scripture. We read it, we mark it off of our calendar, we finished our reading for today, and we don't really hear what's being said. We don't grasp it. But it, it, it may seem like a small thing, but at one point it says that he didn't answer the way that he, they thought he should answer the high priest, and they slap him in the face. When was the last time you got slapped in the face? Have you ever witnessed it? It's kind of heartbreaking. And there's some sh- shame in it, you know? There's embarrassment in it, and there's pain in it. We see him next go before Pilate. And as he stands before Pilate, you know, every... <laughs> I just I just don't know how he does it. I don't know how you can be that powerful and that holy and not not use it to conquer a moment. We get a little bit of power and we want to fix the world, you know. We get just a little bit of, oh, I have control over that. No, you don't. We don't our control is perceived. And it's based upon who perceives it. You know? But Jesus, he's standing before Pilate and and uh Pilate asks him a question and Jesus doesn't an answer. And, and, and Pilate says, don't you know that I have the power to have you crucified or to set you free? And to which Jesus responds, the only power that you have is the power that my father has given you. That's all the power any of us have. Let me tell you something. is what the father has given them. And then he asks him if he's a king. And I just love that Jesus, Jesus says... He is a king. Yes, I am. I am a king. But my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. And then at one point he says, if, my, if, if this were my kingdom, my, my soldiers would fight. You know, my soldiers would be in this if this were my kingdom. But this isn't my kingdom. Oh. Doesn't it make you want to go to his kingdom? Don't you want to live in a place where he's the king? Don't you want to be in a place where the sovereign ruler reigns sovereignly? Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a ruler who is wise and kind and benevolent and strong enough to do anything he needs to do? He is of that kingdom. And so he submits in that moment to Pilate and Pilate wants to set him free. He wants to set him free. He, can, he doesn't find any fault with him, but the people won't let it go. The people want Jesus crucified. And Pilate tells him, okay, well, according to your law, I can either give you Barabbas or I can give you Jesus. And it just so hurts my heart that they begin to cry out for Barabbas. I mean, we are devastated when we're, not picked, when we're picked last for a baseball team. Can you imagine these same people, the same people that he came to save, the same people that he had healed, the same people that he had ministered to, and they cry out for Barabbas? And so Pilate does what Pilate feels he has to do, and he says, take him out and flog him. Such a simple sentence. They took him out and flogged him. Such a simple sentence. But do you understand the flogging that they gave Jesus? Viberatio. It was the most intense form of punishment that they could possibly deliver. So intense, in fact, that it could not be administered to a Roman citizen. It was against the law to do this to your own people. It was reserved for uh, aliens. It was reserved for slaves and servants, but it couldn't be administered. And there is an eyewitness account in one of the ecclesiastical histories. There's an eyewitness account of one of these beatings, not Jesus, but one of the beatings. And they begin to talk about it was a rope. It was a whip of about three uh, feet long. And embedded within that whip were pieces of stone and pieces of bone and it was designed specifically to lacerate anything it came in contact with. The metal, the, the weights would hit into the skin and then the bone would lacerate. The skin And there's an eyewitness account and these testimonies come forward and they're talking about, you could see the veins. And I'm not trying to be morbid, guys. I'm just telling you the way it was. You could see the veins. You could see the muscles as the, the flesh was ripped from their bodies to the point that their internal organs would become visible. It was a scourging. It was a scourging. They were not allowed to beat animals to this extent. It said he was taken beyond recognition through this beating, but it wasn't enough. His pain was not enough, but God knew, I mean, Jesus knew every single thing that was going to be required for us to get from here to there. He knew everything that was going to be required for this journey to be completed. And so he submitted to that scourging. And then they take him back as if the, the pain is not enough. They take him back and it says that the soldiers, all of the soldiers gathered him in a room. And they put a scarlet robe on him. And they wound the vines and created the crown of thorns for him. And they begin to mock him. They put a wooden scepter, a piece of wood in his hand as his scepter. And they begin to mock him and taunt him. Hail, king of the Jews. And they took that scepter from him. And they begin to beat him in the head with that scepter. They slapped him. They spit on him. They mocked him. And then they took the robe and they put his other clothes back on him. And then they took those clothes and they cast lots for those. And here is Jesus, broken, scourged, wounded, bleeding, the crown of thorns on his head. And they take this piece of wood. It says he carried his own cross. And see, we don't know if he carried the whole cross. The the tradition at that time was if you were crucified, they took the T-beam and they put that on your shoulders. They strapped your wrist. They strapped that to your shoulders. And and you carried that up and that would be nailed to the, the base portion. But can you even imagine? Can you even imagine what it felt like to have wooden splinters set on broken shoulders? Can you even imagine what that even began to feel like. See, he had a purpose. The word tells us that despising the shame, he headed, he took toward the cross. He despised the shame, but for the glory that awaited, he endured. He went through all of it, none of it. He didn't have to do any of it. He didn't have to do any of it. And it says they hung him on the cross they placed him on the cross. And I just love this about Jesus. His, it says um, that he looked down and he saw his mother. And he saw the disciple that he loved. And he says to the disciple, son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. Even in those moments. when we, I mean, we would not have been breathing. And he looks and he cares for his mother. The depth and the extent of his work. And then the scripture tells us, the scripture says, knowing all had been completed, knowing all had been finished, knowing that it had all been done. He said, I am thirsty. And I think about that. And I think about what he must've carried from the time that he came to the earth until the time to this moment in time, there must've been this mental checklist. There must've been this thing. Okay. I've got to do this. I want to do this. I want to teach them this. I want to release this while I'm here. All of these things that must've been in his, spirit and in that moment knowing knowing that's a mental process knowing that all had been completed he said I thirst and they dipped a sponge in vinegar on a stick and they held it up to him I think about these moments, I think about this moment, and I think about in that moment, the word doesn't tell us this, but because I'm in there with him, I just cannot help but think because I've got a son that was about that age. And I'm thinking, when he's saying it's all finished, can you imagine that mental checklist that must have been going on in his mind? Can you imagine they say that our lives flash before us in that last moment, in our final moments, that it all flashes? And I would love to have seen what went through his mind in that moment. It's obviously he loved his mom. Can you imagine he might have had childhood memories. He might have thought of her standing and cooking or, or holding him in her lap. He might have had visions of, of standing in Joseph's carpentry shop. And then can you imagine where he reaches the age? It must have run through his mind. Just those moments when he walked into the water's edge, when he saw John the Baptist, and he walked into the water's edge and then was submerged and was raised to his father's voice, saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased Do you think maybe he thought about the disciples that had laid down everything to follow him? Do you think maybe he thought about the sound of Peter dropping his nets? Do you think about that, that maybe he thought about the moment that he called his friend Lazarus out of the grave? Do you think that maybe he thought about all of these things? And just for this moment, can you imagine just him going, okay, when the 5,000 were there, did I tell him this? Did I tell him that? Okay, running this off and then to be able to go. Everything I have been sent to do, every word I needed to say, every stripe I needed to take, every pain, every humiliation, every broken thing that I needed to fix, it has now come to this moment. It has all been completed. And then he said, I thirst. And then scripture tells us they raised up vinegar for him to drink of that. And then it says, because he knew it was all done, it says... He said, it is finished, it is finished. (laughs) It is finished. It is finished. And when he said, it is finished, the book of Matthew says that when he spoke in his, he bowed his head and said, at that very moment, the veil in the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, all the way through. It says the dead began to come out of their graves in that moment. It said the ground began to tremble because when he said, it is finished, it was finished. It was finished and it reverberated then and it reverberates in this room today. Some of you need and it is finished. Some of you need to be over some things. Some of you need to be delivered. Some of you need to be set free. I was thinking about the lions and I was thinking about some of their testimonies. I need a band somewhere. Y'all just go ahead and jump up here if you don't mind. I was thinking about the Young Lions as I was studying this. And if you have missed their testimony series, you have missed so much. Because as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about Brad. I'm thinking about the things that he shared in his testimony. A friend that was murdered. Drug deals. A lifestyle that he would have never wished to be a part of. But it is finished. It is finished. Kurt, Addicted. I'm not not exposing them, these are things that they shared. Addiction, caught up in a lifestyle that was just craziness, loss of his mother, everything that he went through, but it's finished, it's finished. Some of you have been desolate, some of you have been broken. Some of you have been isolated. Some of you are still lost. Some of you are caught up in addictions that nobody knows about. Some of you are caught up in adultery. Some of you are caught up in things that if the people sitting next to you knew, they would just be shocked. But today God has come to say, it is finished. You've been praying, you've been asking him, God, how am I ever, ever going to get free of this thing? Today, it is finished. Today, because he said so. He completed the work. By his stripes, you are healed. By his wounds, you have the punishment that brought him peace, brought us pieces upon him. Panic attacks. Anxiety. Fear. Fear. End today in the name of Jesus there is an end you name it and it is finished it is finished God will walk you through this what do you need today you need him what do you need today you need and it is finished I need and it is finished there are places in my life that are not fully submitted to him and that needs to be finished so can you stand with me today we're getting ready to go back into. If you need to pray, I want to make a couple of revisions. I just want maybe three or four. Actually, can I get the lions to be the prayer warriors today? And your spouse, if your spouse is in here, or your intended spouse, Kurt. And I believe God has something. See, there's not always going to be somebody that you can run to for prayer all the time. Sometimes you need to go yourself. Sometimes you need to just press a little bit further. And because your addiction, because your issue is something that's going on when you're alone, you need to learn how to make breakthrough with Him in that. So we're going to sing. We're going to begin to press. And when it gets to the mountains tremble, the, the... they sh- uh, read. Shake. Yes, read that. Read that passage, would you? The mountains shake before you. No, read it like you mean it. Oh. The mountains shake before you. The demons run and flee at the mention of your name, King, King of Majesty. Now the next one. There is no power in hell. No power. None who could stand. Before the power and the presence of the great I Am. The great I Am. What did He say? He said, I am He. Amen. He is today. So today we're going to press into the great I Am. And He's going to deliver some of us. And He's going to set some of us free today. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's, amen. Let's go into this. I want
1: to be close. Jesus. Close to your side so heaven is real and death is a lie
0: claim the altar
1: i want to hear voices of angels above singing as one singing high
0: declaring father that this is finished in my life and then just come and find a corner come and find a place where it can just be you guys and just as an act of faith and if you want to just declare him the great i am the altar is open for that as well that we can rejoice in him and declare who he is jesus i want to be Work for them but you don't know where i am you don't know what i'm in right now and we're going to sing this one more time and i want you to see that mountain tremble i want you to see it begin to move out of your life and the demons beginning to flee We thank you that you are sovereign and you are mighty and you are holy and we belong to you God. We thank you that the work has been finished. We thank you that because you did that we can do this. And so we bless you and we magnify you and we thank you and Father may we never take for granted the price that was paid. Jesus if you will extend your hand may I offer you a somewhat of a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continue to bring revelation of what happened that day. May he continue to open the scriptures so that you see, so that you hear, so that you smell, so that you begin to become a part of everything that has taken place. May the blood that was shed that day cover you head to toe. May that blood deliver you. May those stripes deliver you and heal you. May the work be completed in your life so that you too may say it is finished. In Jesus name. They said amen. 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 Bless you Lord. Bless you.